0: Hello and welcome to the Saint Mark's podcast. Whether you regularly join us at church on Sundays or you're joining us for the very first time, we hope that this week's talk inspires you and draws you closer to Jesus. Now Matt is going to come and speak to us. If you didn't know, Matt is our vicar. He's married to Nan, They have three kids and he knows how to do things with Google documents that I can't even begin to understand. Um, Excel sheets as well. He's wonderful. Let's pray for him um, before he shares with us. God, thank you for Matt and for bringing him to us this day to share with us all that you've put on his heart for us. We pray that... Um, We will feel emboldened, we'll feel full of purpose, um, and that you'll really speak to us through him today. Amen. 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 Good morning, everyone. Uh, Welcome again. Great to see you, especially after last week's first birthday celebration. Uh, Last week, we continued in our Greater Purpose series, and we were talking about being created to become like Christ. And we looked at how we can feed ourselves so that we might become more Christ-like through God's Word, through God's people, and through our life circumstances. But ultimately, we must cooperate with the Holy Spirit's work in our lives if we are to be truly transformed, transformed in mind, in hearts, and in our lifestyles. A process called metamorphosis, this transformation which takes place when we are in Christ Jesus, because we were created to become like Christ. And the great high point, as we heard in our reading today from Ephesians 2, is that we are God's handiwork. Some translations say we are God's masterpiece. You are God's masterpiece. And you have been created in Christ to do good works. Yes, we are shaped for serving God. And that's what we're going to look at today. I don't know if you've ever had one of these absolutely epic games before. You ever played one of these amazing games? I like this. They're so simple, but so satisfactory. You just get the shape and you have to find the corresponding hole. And when you line it up and you pop it in, nope, that's clearly from a different set. Let's try this one. (sighs) Satisfying. Okay, there we are. This is on my Christmas list. I'm hoping to get one. Hours of entertainment to be had just there. But let me test you on your shapes. Okay, we're going to go quick fire here. Okay, what shape is this? It's not a trick question. Circle. Good. Okay, come on. Next one. Here we go. Triangle. Very good. Okay, next one. Good. Okay, next one. Octagon. Yep, good. And the next one. Oh, very good. Decagon. Ten-sided. Very good. Okay. Good, good, good. Good. Okay. There we are. It's often said that people who feel um, uncomfortable in their setting or who don't quite fit in feel like a square peg in a round hole. Rather like that that game that I had there. You're trying to find your fit. And... Um, In a way, it sort of assumes that there are maybe only two shapes, a round or a square one. And if if sort of you are uh, the right shape uh, when it comes to discovering your purpose in life and what you're good at, then you'll find your fit and you'll come fully alive and, and everything is great. But if you're feeling slightly out of sorts and you haven't found your shape, haven't found your fit, you are left feeling inadequate not sure what you're meant to be doing. You think that the world doesn't get you. Something is not quite right. But neither can be true because you are God's handiwork. You are God's masterpiece and he has shaped you for a purpose. In Christ, for good works. And that means that you are carefully crafted and shaped and there is the perfect fit For you, when it comes to doing God's work, the perfect fit that makes you truly come alive, has you firing on all cylinders, a round peg in a round hole, a square peg in a square hole. You see, we've been created not to be consumers, not to get the most out of life in that sense, but to contribute, to make a difference, to add to life on earth and within our communities you have been shaped, you have been formed for a purpose. You have God-given skills and abilities and talents that allow you to fit in and serve God and others, whether that be in your home life, within your vocation, within your community, or the life of the church. And there are countless ways to serve and endless roles that you can find to truly come alive within the body of Christ, that is the church. Endless combinations, nobody is left out, everybody gets to play. So when we talk about the vision here at St. Mark's and talk about everyone playing their unique part, have you found your perfect fit yet? Or are you feeling perhaps a little lost, unsure about how you're shaped to serve? And if so, What are you doing to discover your shape? Do you sit on the sidelines whilst everyone else sort of runs around and gets to play? A bit like sitting in a vast crowd of people, like spectators at a football match, watching 22 exhausted people running around after a ball. That's what, if we're not careful, church can become, because those in the crowd are not quite sure how they're shaped, how they fit in, what difference they can make. Or perhaps you, sl- you slowly start to sort of drift away, feeling a little inadequate, feeling like you don't really fit around here because you don't know what you've got to bring. Or maybe you're one of these people, you're not too worried about giving something a go anyway, whether you absolutely nail it or whether you make a bit of a hash of it. I like those people, the go-getters, give it a go anyway, let's not worry too much about how it goes. So what's your shape and how might you come to better understand your shape today today? your purpose in life, your God-given purpose. How can we help you to fulfill your purpose and find your place within the life of God's church and his world? So if that's you, maybe you're thinking, I know exactly how I fit. Maybe you're thinking, I really don't know where I fit. Well, listen up. Let's go on a journey today. So our passage in Ephesians 2 sets the scene for us and helps us understand why we have been shaped for serving God. Let me paraphrase it a bit for us and help us understand the context. You are a new person, a new creation with a God-given purpose because of the grace of God. Not because you've done anything, but because of the grace of God, you have been made new. The passage tells us that when we were, when we were dead in our sins, that is, separated from God spiritually because of our rebellion against God and his perfect and holy ways for us. When we were were dead, when we were lost, when we were without hope, Jesus died for us, taking upon himself that curse, that hopelessness. And in his resurrection from the dead, he raised us to new life in Christ. So what is true for Jesus becomes true for us. If we have trusted our lives to Jesus, then we are in Christ. We are resurrected beings. We are made right with God. We are made holy, and we can have a relationship. So Jesus is the only way to the Father. Jesus is the Son of God. He is the only way to Father God. And when we are in him, we have access to that relationship with the Father. So what is true for Jesus is true for us. And what do we know of Jesus. Well, we know that Jesus is a servant leader, a servant to others. And so we too, in Christ, are to become servants and servant leaders. Philippians 2 tells us, have the same mindset by metamorphosis, have your mind transformed to be like Christ. He made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. You know, we can so often think that because Jesus died for us and because we've been raised to life, maybe we have been created to do good works because, I don't know, we ought to start paying back some of the debt because we owe him something. But our salvation is by the grace of God. We serve not because we owe God anything. We have nothing to give him, but because we are in Christ and Christ is a servant. We have been formed to become like Christ and so it should be our heart's desire to serve to. So let me help you today to discover more of your shape. And uh, you'll find on your chairs, I've done these sort of little handouts. So you're welcome to take these away or grab a pen and maybe scribe some things down as we look at our shape. It's a whistle-stop tour. There's another opportunity to do this. In fact, in our midweek groups next term, at least one of our groups are going to be doing the shape course. And we're going to go through this in a bit more detail. But today, let, let me take us on a fast track Uh, to open up, exploring our shape. And we're going to use the acronym SHAPE. So let's start with S, spiritual gifts. God gives every Christian gifts, tools, to be used in ministry, within the life of the church. These are Holy Spirit-enabled powers, abilities, for serving others within the life of the body of Christ, within the church. We looked a bit at spiritual gifts uh, before the summer in our Life in the Spirit series. If you didn't hear that, you can listen back on the website under talks on the podcast. Do listen back as we talked a bit about spiritual gifts. But we mustn't confuse these with our natural abilities or our personality. We're going to come on to that in a moment. These are not things you were born with. These are things you've been given by the grace of God as you need them. And we can receive them. And to receive them, we must be filled with the Holy Spirit. The good news is that promise of the Holy Spirit is given to all of us who are in Christ. So if you've not been prayed for to be filled with the Holy Spirit, then we'd love to do that a bit later on. On the first day of my apprenticeship in the motor trade, I was given some tools for the job. Uh, the first bit was corporate workwear. I had a lovely mauve shirt on. Uh, I was given a tire tread depth gauge and I was given a Filofax. That, yeah, I know, I'm older than you think, right? A Filofax. <laughs> they were given to me on the job to do the job. And so it is with spiritual gifts. God gives them, and you won't have all of them, He gives them as tools in order that you might bless others and build up the church. We're told in 1 Peter 4.10, God has given gifts to each of you from his great variety of gifts, Manage them well so that God's generosity can flow through you. Let me give you a very quick flavor of some of those spiritual gifts. What's in the toolkit that we could ask for when God has a task for us to do? I'm going to take these from 1 Corinthians 12 and Romans 12. I've just put those passages on the slip of paper as well, so do have a read of them later. These are some of the spiritual gifts that are given to us by the grace of God to do uh, the work of God. Administration, apostleship, discernment, encouragement, evangelism, faith, giving, healing, helping, hospitality, interpretation, knowledge, leadership, extending mercy, miracles, pastoring, prophecy, teaching, speaking in tongues, and wisdom. So a whole list of different things there. And if you're sitting there thinking, I don't even understand what most of those things are, don't worry about that. Have a read of the passage and know that when God has laid something on your heart, a task, he will equip you. God always equips the called, and you have been called to become like Christ and shaped to serve Christ. So let me ask you a question. If, you, if you're a Christian, uh, and if you're not, you can be. I'd love to pray with you. Which of these gifts would you say you have or you've received before to build up the church, to use within the life of the church? And have you asked God to equip you with all that you need to serve him within his church? Can I suggest some next steps for spiritual gifts? Go away and read 1 Corinthians 12 and Romans 12. Within your midweek small group, if you're part of one, take the time to chat to more mature Christians. Ask them about their experience of receiving and using spiritual gifts. And then ask for those gifts. Allow someone to pray with you so that you might be equipped to do every good work that God has planned for you to do. So that was the first one, S, spiritual gifts. The next part of our shape is heart. Listening to the desires of your heart. It's your heart that reveals the real you, not what others think you are, not what your circumstances force you to be. It's your heart that determines why you say the things you say, why you feel the way you do, and why you act the way you do. In the same way that we all have unique fingerprints, we also have a unique heartbeat. I didn't know that before I was researching this, but it's true. We all have a slightly different beating pattern to others. And in the same way, God has shaped us so complexly that he's given us an emotional heartbeat, a longing for the things that he cares for and it races when we think about the subjects that he's placed on our hearts or the activities or circumstances that we face. And these are going to be different for different people. What makes you passionate about something, fired up for something, what fills you with joy, what enables you to serve others may not touch my heartstrings and get me going quite in the same way. Why? Because we all have a different shape. When I was a teenager... I was part of a kids' team at church. And I remember going to the baby group. I, I was like, well, kids' team, I'll go and help with the babies. I was giving it a go. And I just remember thinking, please don't make me hold any of these babies. I mean, they're smelly. They, they cry. They, you can't hold a conversation with them. And I like to talk. And babies didn't like me either. They would see me in the group and they would just burst into tears before I'd even done anything. And they would give me this sort of shifty look, as if to say, uh, don't even look at me. And it didn't really give the parents much confidence when it came to dropping their babies off of the group either. (laughs) And yet, I'd look around, and I'd see some of the other leaders in the group, and they were just absolutely smashing it. They were actually enjoying being there. They knew how nappies worked. Babies would stop crying when they would hold them. They'd have like two babies, like one in each arm, and they'd be like praying over the babies, singing over the baby. It was just wonderful. And I just thought, you've got the heart for this. This is totally your thing. I was just in awe of what they were doing. They were just great. But not long after, I joined a different kids group. I joined the older kids group, and that is what got me going. We're talking messy games. We're talking tanks. We're talking teaching the kids about Jesus and the Bible in creative ways, praying with the children and investing in them. And it was in that place that I was invested in as, not as a helper, but as a leader. It was the thing where my heart was. I knew I was in the right place and I really enjoyed it. And it was the start for me of a leadership journey. And it's something we want to create here at St. Mark's. What is it God's putting on your heart? What can we do to help nurture that? We're just a year in. We've just started our kids groups, uh, our our youth stuff. It's a bit of a rocky road. but, But what can we do to move us as church on from helping out in these groups to really falling in love with our kids and our young people and those around us so that they might grow, so that we might invest in them, so we might see the church come fully alive. The key to discovering your heart's desire is to identify those longings that God has put in you. And it's better to do this sooner rather than later. I've met too many people who have gone through an entire career, a work career, and then they've retired and they've discovered the thing that they love doing. And yet they've spent the whole time doing a job that they never really liked. And I get that for some people, work you know, is necessary. You just need to bring home the bacon. But there are other ways that you can serve to make you come alive, not least within the life of the church. So when we identify or can identify and focus on the passions God has placed in our hearts, we start to see his handiwork in our lives. We start to realize how we are shaped. So what next for hearts? Can I suggest you take some time to pray and think about what you naturally love doing? What is that thing that is totally you? Who are the people you love being around? What do you care most about? So spiritual gifts, heart, and now A, Abilities. God has given us abilities. These are natural talents that you are born with. Some people have a natural ability at sport. I can't kick a football in a straight line. I don't know why that is. I wasn't born with it. Others are good with numbers. Some are good with music, hospitality, engineering, and baking. I'm good at eating baking whilst listening to music and rewiring a plug. They're some of the things I can do. And our abilities are not simply the working and makeup of our DNA. They are God-given, and they're for his glory. Now, we've all got abilities. We've even got the ability to sin. I know. We can actually create, and sometimes that's easier to do. But the calling we have on our lives is to use our abilities for good and to serve others. And if you're thinking this morning, well, I just don't have any abilities to offer, then get this there are many, many abilities lying dormant inside of you. Many studies have shown that the average person possesses around 500 to 700 different skills and abilities. Everything from peeling a carrot to engineering a rocket and sending it to space. And part of the church's responsibility, part of our corporate responsibility together is to help identify and to release our abilities, your abilities for serving God. And one picture of the church fully alive here at St. Mark's is where everyone is playing their part, where everyone gets to play and use some of their 500 to 700 different abilities, whether that's baking or serving refreshments or welcoming someone at the door or worshiping with instruments or interceding in prayer for others, groups and events. Whether it's leading a group at Alpha, leading a kid's ministry, writing poetry, clearing gutters, inviting neighbors to come and see, or leading us to worship in services. The Bible says there are different abilities to perform service, but the same God gives ability for all for their particular service, 1 Corinthians 12.6. So if you are to play your part, then take ownership for it. You are the only person who can use your abilities within the church and outside of it. God has uniquely placed and shaped you for a purpose. No one else can do that for you. And without you, the church is poorer for it. So on to P, personality. Personality is how you are wired. And we're all wired differently I think God has a real sense of humor when it comes to personality. Last Friday, uh, we went to the opticians, Nay went to the opticians, uh, so that she could have an eye test. And I took Eva around in the baby sling around town, and the text came into to me, all done, but need help choosing. Now I like to see the options very briefly, and then make a decision on something, job done. Nay likes to see all of the options, over a prolonged period of time and never come to a conclusion on anything. (laughs) That's why we work well together. And for some reason, it complements our marriage, which is just as well, really. But we're all different when it comes to personality. Some are introverts, some are extroverts. Some like routine, some like variety. Some are thinkers, some are feelers. But still, God works through different people in different ways. But, and this is key, and I need to know this, he achieves his purposes through them all. There is no preferred personality. God achieves his purposes through them all. There is so much variety of personality here in the church. In fact, if we were all ice cream flavors, we don't want a church of 80 vanilla ice creams, it would be rather bland. Maybe you're thinking that's totally me, I have vanilla ice cream, I'm quite bland. Well, that's your personality and we are glad you are with us. And it's okay to have vanilla in the church so long as we've got sour cherry and coconut and pistachio and everything else as well because we can learn from one another and we can use our unique personalities to bless others and become truly us for you to discover your shape. And then finally, we're on to E. We've had spiritual gifts, heart, abilities, personality, and finally experience. One of my favourite verses in the Bible, and I think it's been really key for us over this last year, is Romans eight twenty-eight. And we know that in all things, God works for good. Uh, works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. God is the God of redemption, and he will use all of your experiences in life for good, for your good and for the good of others. He wastes absolutely nothing. It doesn't matter how bad it has been, God will redeem it and use it for good. I used to think that my story of coming to faith was not exciting enough to convince anyone it was true. Some people have a really powerful testimony of coming to faith and about how their lives have been turned around. And my background and upbringing was fairly stable, what I thought was normal. And I remember talking to some young people in our church a few years back, and they'd been to a conference and they'd heard the story of someone who had been a drug dealer. And they'd come to faith and their life had been turned around and Jesus transformed their lives. And they left there and they thought, I need to have that testimony. I need to live a crazy lifestyle in order to convince people that Jesus really does make a difference. But sharing my bland vanilla story with them showed them that If my life can be transformed and a drug dealer's life can be transformed by the same Jesus, then that testimony, your testimony, counts and can have a huge impact. And get this, every experience you've been through, coming to faith, background, family, education, everything can be used for God's good purposes. What family experiences do you have? What did you learn growing up from your family? What educational experiences do you have? What are you you good at? What is your experience of school and education like? What about your work or your vocation? What jobs have you been most effective in? What have you enjoyed the most? What about your spiritual experiences? What have been some of the most meaningful times you've spent with God? What about within ministry, serving in the church? How have you served God in the past? What's he laying on your heart now? And then what about painful experiences? What problems, pains, disappointments, and trials have you been through and learned from? God never wastes a hurt. In fact, your most effective ministry will come out of the experience of past hurt as you journey with others who have been through the same thing. And one thing I really love about St. Mark's as a church family is that people here are so real with one another, not shying away or putting up a facade or barrier to their past experience, but speaking quite openly about where God has been with them in difficult times. And the more we can do this, the more we can open up, the more you realize that part of your ministry comes from your past experience, and it all forms part of your unique shape. So there we are, shape, S-H-A-P-E, God has shaped you for serving him. This is part of your purpose. Understanding and using our shape is the key to everyone playing their part here in the church and to find much joy in the process. You will be most effective when you use your spiritual gifts and abilities in the area of your heart's desire and in a way that best expresses your personality and your experiences the better the fit, the more effective you'll be. The more of us realizing our purpose and understanding our shape, the more effective we'll be together in bringing people to encounter the love of God. The more effective we'll be at living for Jesus. And the more effective we'll be at playing our part as the church in seeing an altogether greater Grimsby. No one else can be you. You are God's handiwork. You are God's masterpiece, and he has a part for you to play, to take your shape and be prepared in Christ to do good works, which God has prepared in advance for us to do. Why don't we pray? Father, thank you that you have shaped each of us for your purposes. Thank you that each of us has a unique shape for which to serve you within the life of the church and to impact our community. We ask, Holy Spirit, that you would inspire us to realise more of the purposes you have for us, to help us come fully alive in you and to take our place in Christ for serving you. Amen.